0: Welcome to episode 9 of the Working Title Podcast. Tonight we'll be asking Chris Jessup some questions about his time in Shenzhen, China, where he spent a year teaching English. Enjoy the show. And go, I guess. Hey, what's up? Uh, Chris Jessup, hello. Hello. Welcome to my kitchen. You have a great kitchen. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's vinyl flooring. I didn't even... I just thought...
1: You know what? Sometimes you have to you have to have the fake wood. You know? I didn't... It really brings the whole place together. Really I still does. don't really know what vinyl is. I, uh, Isn't it plastic or some sort it, of... It is some it's, sort it's of plastic. derived from plastic, right?
0: But, but, you know, I grew up just hearing people say vinyl was, you know, music... So probably yeah. wants to put a needle on this ground, see what kind of music it makes. But oh,
1: that'd be cool. Yeah. I uh, I grew up with linoleum flooring.
0: Isn't that like uh,
1: false granite? I mean, it gave the impression. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I had it in the trailer where I grew up. So it was <laughs> like, man, you got like faux granite floors in this single wide? <laughs> That's <a> dope.
0: <laughs> where exactly did you grow
1: up? Uh, so I was born in Utah. Um in west jordan which is just west of salt lake
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um and i moved to montana when i was about two months old um so i was raised in a small little town called pinesdale um which is about 40 miles or 45 miles south of missoula Mm -hmm. um so you know how like on the border of montana and idaho the head like montana has a little bit of a nose on it right yeah um i grew up like on the nose okay yeah boogertown usa
0: Alright, and, uh-huh. and you, uh, the reason I'm having you on this podcast is because you, uh, you spent a year in China. Yes, yeah. Uh, teaching English, right?
1: Yeah, that was a, it was a absolutely insane experience.
0: So, uh, first off, what, what led to you deciding that you wanted to spend a year in China teaching English?
1: Um, it was actually kind of a cool little situation, so my girlfriend at the time, um, She and I met at this wilderness therapy job in Utah uh, and our schedules were the same. um, And that job was actually like, it was a pretty dope job. I loved that job. One of my favorite jobs I've ever Mm -hmm. had. Eight days on, six days off, 365. So you have to like, you have to change your lifestyle completely for that job, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was, it was a pretty intense job. I was working with, you know, at-risk youth out in the woods and there's only so much of that you can handle before you know, it starts to get like pretty tough to go back to work. <laughs> right. Like, and I don't know. My mom always taught me like, if you feel like your gut is not in it, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I was dreading going to work. I hated it. It was a two hour commute to work, but I was there for eight days and a two hour drive back or whatever, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, I worked like just below Utah's notch. Okay. I'm yeah. all about borders apparently. <laughs> so, um, at least uh, with states and stuff. But, um, yeah, so uh, it was just south of the of Utah's notch, and um, it was pretty intense. You know, I didn't want to... I didn't like going to work. I dreaded it every single week when I got back. Like, the six days that I had off was not enough time to kind of cope and recuperate
0: yeah, it wasn't, from the previous it wasn't enough recharge days. time.
1: Yeah, I wasn't able to fill my cup back up, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and so I was getting really burnt out really, really fast. I mean, I was... I, I was affectionately called a, a shit magnet uh, <laughs> by, by my program director uh, who, I mean, and it was, it was justified because, I mean, I was going into controls where I had to, like, you know, put my hands on kids in order to keep them safe. And because they were trying to kill themselves or kill other kids or jumping off a cliff or something like that. Um, and so, yeah, basically, the long and short of it is that I wanted to be out of that job. Um, and my girlfriend at the time uh, she had already left that job she was working an office job and she's an artist and being cooped up in an office is not conducive for Mm -hmm. those type of people right so she was like you know what I want to get out of here I don't want to do this anymore and so we just kind of we were just kind of like both simultaneously looking for another job Mm -hmm. and I was open to anything I, I was like you know what just whatever comes my way, if it sounds good, if the pay's right, you know, I'd be willing to take a pay cut in order to be happier, like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and so I upload my resume to Indeed and, you know, ZipRecruiter and Monster and like all these job finding websites. Um, and I get an email, just pops up on my phone randomly, you know, during that six day off shift when says live your dream and travel while teaching English you know <laughs> and you know I was you know 24 at the time 25 mm-hmm. so basically just being young and impressionable and I filled out my application without even telling her <laughs> yeah j- j- I mean it was it, but it wasn't like oh yeah. I'm, I'm gonna get this job want yeah. this job yeah. It was like you know what fucking just throw an egg at the wall see if it breaks you know yeah, like that sure. kind of thing then so, decide later. Yeah, yeah like I mean if they offer me the job I can say no, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? So um, I filled it out, sent it, and that was the Monday before uh, the shift. So so our shifts at that job started every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that was like Monday night. I go into the field, and she's back at home. Like I said, she has an office job, so she's like home every night. Um, And... I'm out in the field, and you know, cell service is super spotty out there. So I found a small little pocket of cell service, and anytime I had that, I I would call her and say, "Hey, hey babe, how's it going? You know, just mm-hmm. want to check in. I miss you. You know, typical stuff." Um, and she was like, "Hey, so um, I did something,"
2: <laughs>
1: and I was like, "Okay, what is it?" She's like, "Well, I filled out a job application for a new job." I was like oh awesome great that's great news like where is it what's going on and she was like um it's in china <laughs> and i was like wait a second there's no way and i was like tell me what school you're working for um ef or company rather mm-hmm. ef it's education first i was like okay what city shenzhen china what time of year august of 2018 We filled out the same exact job application without each other knowing about it.
0: What are the chances?
1: Right? (laughs) Right? So both of us were like, oh, wow. Okay. That's kind of serendipitous. You know? Okay, universe. All right. We see your game here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And, you know, we talked about it at length numerous, numerous, Mm -hmm. numerous times of like, do we actually want to do this? Like, it's a year commitment. Like, are we in a spot in our relationship to where we can move halfway across the world to China? of all places Mm -hmm. is our relationship going to handle this? You know, like we talked about everything. Um, and I remember one day we were just chilling at home and we were living together at the time. And, uh, it was basically game time to make a decision or not because they needed to know. Mm -hmm. And we were kind of cutting it close to the deadline that they put on us. And I was like, today's the day we're making a decision. So I'm going to go take care of myself. I'm going to go do some self care. I'm going to think about things. And I'm going to figure it out. Um, And so I went for a run. Um, I went rock climbed. I kind of spent the day by myself kind of just like being active and really thinking about it and, you know, putting myself in the headspace of what it, you know, what I need to make a solid decision. (laughs) Um, And I get back home and she did the exact same thing, but in her own way. Um, And she went outside and I was just chilling on the couch. And it was actually kind of a funny moment. She like swung the door open, and she kind of stabbed this, like stood there, like kind of proudly, like a like a superhero almost. And she's like, "We're fucking going to China," and I'm like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> so we, yeah, we started doing the thing, started making all the steps, and you know Sounds we had to go like through the
0: start of rush hour too.
1: <laughs> yeah, Shanghai noon actually. Uh, um, but yeah, no, it was it was. It was great. We started doing the, the, um, all the pro- all the paperwork and stuff because we had to fill out the correct visa forms mm-hmm. and we had to go to the state capitol in Utah to get the right stuff put together and background checks and everything. Um, uh, yeah, it's annoying. We, we did our TEFL certi- certificate together and um, she saved my ass on a bunch of that stuff and she was great about it. Um, and we headed out and we arrived in China August 22nd of 2018
0: now when you got off the plane what was the first big difference that you notice oh man dude
1: i can talk about this forever dude um <laughs> okay so i will say this i was so fucking nervous mm-hmm. i was so nervous um because going to china was the very first time i had ever been outside of the u.s <laughs> ever I mean, I had gone to. I had traveled all over the country traveling for cross country and track in college, and I went to New York when I was in middle school. Like, I mean, I've been around the U.S. a bunch, but never outside of the country. I think I went to Canada once when I was like four, mm-hmm. but that doesn't count. No, like Canada Canada's count. yeah, no, it's just northern Montana. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we, so we arrived, and I, I, I remember getting like. So we flew from Missoula to L.A. We're in LA and our layovers, you know, a long time. And we have a red eye flight across the Pacific to, to Shenzhen mm-hmm. and we get on air China, you know, their airline. <laughs> and do we get on where you get on the plane and we are the only white people on the plane. That's it. And I remember thinking like this entire year is going to be my minority experience. Yeah. You know, like, of course, being white and growing up somewhat privileged, like you are isolated from a lot of different things. And, you know, and I was looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember sitting there and I had this really weird moment, actually. Uh, So the flight attendant comes up and she speaks in broken English. Her English isn't that great. And she asks me if I need anything. And I was like, oh, I'll just take a ginger ale. And she grabs it too. And she hands it to me. And I remember my like our our hands like grazed and I had this weird moment where I was like I don't know if she is okay with me touching her like <laughs> I was like I was I was so freaked out dude I was like this is my first time touching a chinese person <laughs> It was really weird It was really weird I don't I know dude <laughs> It was one of those things that just, like, flashed across my brain. And, of course, like, I'm not, like, trying to be, like, oh, the... <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but it was just one of those things that kind of crossed my mind. And I was, like, okay, all right. So we're a lot more nervous than we actually really thought we were. <laughs> um, and so it was, it was kind of a serendipitous moment. But then we get down to, and we, you know, we travel all night. And... I took like four naps (laughs) Um, and we showed up, you know, 16 hours later, whatever the flight time was. And I remember looking outside the window and seeing the land of China and being like, that's fucking China right there. Right. That's it right there. Whoa. That's crazy. I mean, see all this, you know, we land in the Shenzhen airport, which is right next to the, um, right next to the coast. Um, And so we're, we're, Descending to the tarmac and we're still over the ocean you know and um, I see all these cranes and dock equipment because it's you know I mean Shenzhen's a port city too and so mm-hmm. it's like they have a lot going on and so I'm looking at everything and we land we get things figured out we get off the plane and the first thing that I think is it's so hot here <laughs> <laughs> it was so hot and so humid um, and the way that they did the thing is that like they wanted what they do with EF specifically. And I don't know if other English teaching um, companies do this, but they intentionally made Lydia and I ride in separate taxis from the airport to the hotel where we were staying for the first two weeks to kind of just get ourselves settled. That you have to communicate with everyone else. I don't know what it was. I don't know what the intention is or whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, they're standing there and they have my name on a little placard, little piece of paper, you know, that's laminated and stuff and says, Chris Jessup. EF, yeah. big old pink lettering and they're wearing the uniform and it's their job to pick me up that day. And I see my name and I'm like, where's, where's, where's Lydia's? And I'm just kind of like scanning the crowd of people receiving the flight. And I see maybe just halfway across the crowd, Lydia's name. I was like, well, we should probably get together, <laughs> you know, and make sure we're riding together or whatever. And they're like, no, no, no. And uh, like, I go up to the guy and I, and I wave. And, you know, in my, in my very first time speaking Chinese to a Chinese person, I say, oh, ni hao and, <laughs> and, and everything. And, and he's like, oh, Mr. Jessup, so nice to see you. Let's go. <laughs> and he started. He literally grabbed my bags from my hand and started like booking it to the taxi. I was like, I just, g- just give me, I, I'm Lydia. Like I, a freak now. Mm-hmm. And Lydia went to her person, and we were trying to coordinate and get together in the same taxi. But the guy for her did the exact same thing. Oh, hello, Miss Stainhook, and la- da- da- da, grabbed her stuff and fucking hightailed it to a taxi. <laughs> so I'm sitting there in a taxi by myself with this driver. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to see my girlfriend ever again. This is – okay. <laughs> All right. We're starting off this experience being fucking wild. <laughs> Already I'm like overwhelmed and that kind of thing. Eventually it was fine and we get to the hotel and everything's good. But um, but yeah, that was kind of my first like 35, 45 minutes in China was a taxi ride with this guy who does not speak English that well. Um and I was trying. I, I was. I had this plan. I was like, I'm going to talk to this guy. You know, <laughs> like I'm going to try out my Chinese. Uh, and he did not understand a single thing that I said, uh, which is exactly right because I fucking was just. I was just speaking gibberish to him. Basically, I thought I had a fucking. Where lockdown. did you learn
0: Chinese?
1: I didn't. <laughs> I did not learn Chinese at all. <laughs> I mean, I can I can get by by you know ordering food at a restaurant or whatever. But um, but yeah, that was kind of my first.
0: It really makes me wonder, like, how many people you can get to go in a car with you if you just stood at an
1: airport with like a Smith sign. Or well, I like mean, a go be, on so, last name. I was going to say, if you go to if you go to Salt Lake City, <laughs> <laughs> more than likely, you'll find a bunch of Smiths. <laughs>
0: uh, so, what did your living situation look like, or where did you live while you were there?
1: Um, they set us up. They have a they have a like a realtor type of agent lady that works for the company that basically specializes in getting expats apartments. Um, She's really in the know with a bunch of property owners around the city, which is, you know, huge because the city is like 15 million people. Yeah.
0: Um, I heard it said like 10 million, but that was just a ballpark no one really knows because it's constantly growing.
1: Yeah. No, exactly right. So, I mean, when I was over there, I was constantly being told it was right around 15 million. They told me, to New York. (laughs) <laughs> and i was like okay got it <laughs> um which makes a lot of sense because i mean it's it's twice the size in new york you know mm-hmm. like you know but it, with that many people it's just a zoo dude it is insane <laughs> man it is so crazy over there like okay so my taxi driver
0: <laughs> i thought i was gonna die
1: straight up like the traffic over there is nuts and the drivers are fucking brazen as shit and I'm I was sitting there like in the passenger seat trying to speak Chinese to this guy he's not understanding me he's focusing on his job of driving but he's going fucking fast he's zip dive dip down dodging all the way through all these vehicles and stuff and we are getting so close to every other vehicle like if I rolled down the window I was able to touch a bus like Uh yeah it was gnarly Um, So they had... Anyway, I know I get long-winded, but... um, So this lady, uh, she found us an apartment, and we uh, settled... We we grabbed ourselves a two-bedroom apartment, even though it was just us living there. Because our thought on the idea was, okay, we want enough room, because we know what it's like... Or we have heard that, you know, these living spaces are fucking tiny as shit, so we want to be able to have our own space. You Mm -hmm. know, she is an artist and likes to paint and she has a lot of paintbrushes and paints and that kind of stuff. So I wanted to make sure that she had her own space. I like my own space too. I'd rather not just hide away in the bathroom just to get my own me time. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so we got a two bedroom and it was great. Um, and we lived there from August all the way till new year's Eve. Um, and then new year's day, we moved to a different section of the city called Antwoshan, which is actually my, my tattoo right here. Uh, and tool Sean,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which means, uh, what's the direct translation? I forgot. Well, Sean is like mountain, right? Yeah. Sean is mountain or hill. Um, I think it's a uh, care mountain or something like that. I'll have to Google it. But so hey, why did you get, why'd you guys move? Uh, we moved because it was closer to both our respective schools. So <laughs> another thing that EF did was even though we're a couple or we were a couple, um, they had us teaching in separate schools just to kind of facilitate growth, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what their intention was, but it actually ended up being being good for us, you know, to not spend mm-hmm. every single waking moment of our days together. Um,
0: was it just a different section of, of, of the city or of the same
1: uh, yeah, like so, district? Um, yeah, so we lived in uh, Chiuan, mm-hmm. which is uh, eastern Shenzhen. Or no, sorry, western Shenzhen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right off the coast. I could see the ocean from our apartment, um, and it was uh, it was a great spot to be. Um, really awesome, like local community. A lot of really awesome noodle shops around, um, and most of the community in that area lived in our building. And it was a huge building. There's like 26 stories or something like that. So basically, everybody in that community lived in that building. So it was just like everybody would just hang out together, mm-hmm. and like if it was nice during the evening our big huge like they had this huge uh like pad basically this concrete spot you know kind of like this grand entrance to this giant building and there was 35 kids playing games and parents are sitting there just you know shooting the shit and that was their evening you know and it was fun it was Mm -hmm. cool like i you know we went down and played with the kids sometimes and Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing and uh, and then from we we moved from Chuan to Antuoshan um, after the New Year because it cut off probably an hour of our commute every day, and that yeah, commute was always tough because we had to wake up super early to get to work on time, mm-hmm. and that fucked us. Like we we I I'm not a morning person. Mm-hmm. She's not a morning person. Couple that with like the bombardment of you know sights and sounds and just the. You know, you get burnt out real quick, and you want your rest mm-hmm. <laughs> after a long day in a city of 15 million people. You want to just chill. Um, so, yeah, we moved to Antooshan, and um, we our best friends lived in the same building as we did, and um, or at least in the same complex we did. And so, we moved closer to friends, closer to work. Made sense.
0: Yeah, that's that's so, pretty cool. Um, yeah. There's a lot of skyscrapers in Shenzhen. Yes. Uh, relative to like a place like like LA or New York yeah is it it like way more or is it way way more way more
1: yeah like so like LA's downtown Mm -hmm. it's iconic right you know you have the typical skyline same with New York but in Shenzhen it's like the whole city it's just skyscrapers everywhere everywhere and of course they have their their downtown area you know like Antwoshan that community or small little section is in the Futian district Mm -hmm. and the Futian district is the um, financial hub of the city and you can think of it like Shenzhen is China's Silicon Valley okay lots of startups lots of tech um mm-hmm. that's where they make all of their computer chips um and
0: yeah I've heard that Shenzhen is like the hardware capital of, of the world it pretty is. much
1: yep so uh Huawei the, the mm-hmm. cell phone company they were started in Shenzhen I had a Huawei phone when I was over there you know and um yeah, very, very high-tech city. Very high-tech.
0: When you were uh, just out on the streets, did you just know... Like, I've heard that people, since everything's open-source hardware, open-source everything, people are just out there making stuff all of the time. Mm-hmm. Did you see any like contraptions just out on the street that were just um, wonky as hell? <laughs>
1: no, I don't think so. Um, I mean, the, the, the areas of the city where I would frequent... Um, it was like the downtown area with like the clubs and the bars and stuff because that's where all the expats mm-hmm. you know and of course the area where I lived and the nice restaurants and the places that you like going you know the, the sites mm-hmm. that kind of thing but um, there's this really awesome area uh, of the city called Baishijiao. I think I might mispronounce it but um, it's this area that was like really kind of unique in its own way like uh, you can think of it this might not be the right way to frame it, but think of it like New York's Chinatown, okay? Yeah. In Shenzhen, they had this area. It's not obviously not Chinatown.
0: Baishuo. Does it? Does that mean white people talk or? Joe? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs>
1: um, uh, I don't know my Chinese. Uh, but it was this cool little area where it had a lot of really just interesting things happening. Like I saw a guy down there doing the most beautiful calligraphy I've ever mm. seen, but he didn't have arms. <laughs> Yeah, he had this giant, he had this awesome you know probably 14 to 16 inch brush, right what they used to you know write calligraphy. but he was just in, in between his first toe and his second toe and he was just and he was kind of like making an act out of it. It was like this kind of cool little art experience like live performance thing. It's
0: very cool
1: and he didn't have arms. He was just sitting down on the concrete with this giant canvas. Just making the most beautiful thing in the world. I mean, that kind of stuff happens all the time. As far mm-hmm. as contraptions, though, uh, all that stuff was in Vietnam, I think, is from what I found. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, uh, you didn't really learn to speak Chinese, but you knew enough to like, order food? Yeah, to get by. Uh, <laughs> they told us uh, on our onboarding, that I mean, the onboarding process was just... I mean, the culture shock of moving over there is tough. Mm-hmm. And so, they obviously facilitate... You know at their city's headquarters you know this kind of landing pad for these expats i mean because our our intake group dude it was like how many did we have we had 33 i think which was huge comparatively to the previous years mm-hmm. and we had people from wales and south africa and england and germany and all these places all over the place um australia and yeah everywhere um and a lot, of t- a lot of the people who showed up to China with us, that was their first time in China. So we're all having this collective experience. And they told us that the, one of the most useful words you can learn in Mandarin is jiga. And jiga means this. So if you want to order food at a restaurant, if you want to be fancy uh, or somewhat kind of fancy when you go to a Chinese restaurant, uh, just point to something that you like on the menu and just say "jigga." <laughs> because you just point and you say this <laughs> 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 um, and that saved my ass so many, so many times um, but yeah like it, I mean I, I've forgotten a lot of it now mm-hmm. um, I learned my colors just because it helps with the kids in the classroom and, and that kind of thing but I mean, I it's it. I mean, language is one of those things. Like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So,
0: uh, what was your most like frustrating exchange between a, a Chinese person and yourself, just in terms of the language barrier?
1: Oh man, <laughs> dude, it happens so often. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I have, I have two. One of them, this is just one of my favorite stories to tell. I'll tell that next. But mm-hmm. the most frustrating exchange that I had was on New Year's Eve. Um, because New Year's Eve is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their Chinese New Year, and that's the biggest holiday of the year over there. Oh, yeah. It is fucking unreal what they do for <laughs> Chinese New Year, dude. Like, I mean, we we have like a you know, it's kind of like a cool little like, oh yeah, we can incorporate Year of the Tiger, twenty twenty two, you know, like that kind of stuff. And and that's cool. That's great. You yeah, know? We, we send
0: some lanterns in the sky.
1: Oh yeah, sure. I mean, if you want, I mean, if if you, as long as you're doing it, you know. And you're staying sensitive and, and that kind of stuff. I'm all about it, dude. Like hell yeah, absolutely. But like, over there, dude, they take it to the next level, dude. It's awesome. I loved. I loved Chinese New Year. It was so fun. Um, but regular New Year, so to speak, uh, Christian New Year. Um, we uh, we went out and went out to the bars and did the whole countdown and all that stuff. But every single expat in the city was out doing that. For some reason. It was just a madhouse. Everyone was out. Everyone was drinking. Everyone was hammered. This is like thousands and thousands and thousands of people (laughs) just in this probably, I don't know, maybe 10 square block area of of Shenzhen. Because that's where all the hot bars are. That's where all the hot clubs are. God. (laughs) Right? It was just, it was a cesspool. It really was. It was bad. (laughs) Um, And we could not find a taxi home. And we still lived in Chuan at the time, Mm -hmm. and Chuan is western, so it took it like, it was about a uh, about an hour and twenty minute drive from Futian.
0: Is that just because of traffic, or just
1: traffic? And that's the way it goes. I mean, we're probably going fifteen miles, Mm -hmm. or twenty miles total, not even. And yeah, that's yeah, hour and twenty minutes, just because that's how busy it is. There's that many people there. I mean, you think about like New York, you know, Mm -hmm. like going from Manhattan to Queens is a fucking long time, you know. It makes sense. Right. Yeah. So um, we could not find a taxi to save our fucking lives. And I'm tired and hammered. Lydia's tired and also hammered. And we're getting frustrated with each other and we're trying to figure out a solution. And it's just frustrating. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're walking on the sidewalk and this taxi pulls up. And I see my best friend in there. And I look at him, and I, I wave. And I was like, I need to get in that taxi with you. And I grab Lydia, and he's like, oh, yeah, 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 come on, come on, come on. And so he flings open the door. Me and Lydia pile in, and the taxi driver was so fucking pissed. He was so mad. He was so mad at us, dude. He was so mad. Because, like, he's not wanting to transport fucking drunk assholes white assholes (laughs) you know he doesn't want to schlep them back and forth right but Mm -hmm. that I mean of all the places to make money um, they have this app over there called Mm DD which is like their Uber um, and they show you on the DD app like your queue and that night the queue was like 1200 people long because you would like hail a cab through the app Mm-hmm. And then it would be like, okay, yeah, bing, this is what we have available. Yeah, 1,200 people Damn, in line before us. <laughs> so we're like, we are going to be here till 6 a.m. probably, mm-hmm. you know. And so we pile in, driver's pissed. I start reaching into my pocket, and I'm throwing money at him, literally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm like, 100, 300, 400, <laughs> 500, please, 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 you know. And he just sat there, and you could tell he was just not happy at all and he looks at me dude and this is this is one of the things I just I, I, I remember it so clearly um, he looks at me and he just goes fuck you <laughs> <laughs> and
2: he took us back home
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's one of them um, and then my other one one of my favorite things that happened to me over there uh, I was I was on the subway going to work And I'm sitting down and I'm, you know, you have to wear like a, you know, a uniform, you know, khaki pants and, you know, the school issued shirt. And it's very obvious that you're an English teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very white (laughs) and very obvious. I stick out a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting down and I'm watching this video on my phone of, I think it was like this Comedy Central thing that popped up. And I was using a VPN at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> um, and I was watching this video that they came out with it was like uh, what if Jesus was actually conservative it was like this little sketch and it was hilarious it was yeah. funny and I'm, I'm watching this thing and it's like this guy dresses Jesus on this you know sermon on the mount and he's just you know talking about insurance um, and that kind of thing it was funny um, and this lady who is sitting right to my left she is like up in my grill Like, leaning over, like, watching the video with me. And something about China that maybe some people don't understand is that it's, uh, by law, secular. Mm -hmm. Proselytizing preaching on the streets and stuff that you see in America. You know, you see those kooks out in the street corner with their Britney Spears mics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, little belt microphone things.
0: little Speakers, or megaphones,
1: yeah. You see them out there and they're doing the street crier thing. Mm -hmm. That is... So illegal in China. Mm. It is so illegal. (laughs) That was, again, one of those things they told us um, when we were over there is like, or for the onboarding is like, dude, don't bring it up. It's not worth your time. Mm. Have your faith, practice your faith in private. Basically, is what they told us. I'm not religious myself, so I didn't have to worry about it. But this lady, she's watching this thing. And she's watching this guy act as Jesus. And she, obviously, I have my headphones in, so she can't Mm -hmm. hear it. And she taps my leg, goes. I'm looking at her. And I was like, I take out my earbuds and I was like, "Oh, nihama. and she, in English, she says, "You practice follow Jesus," <laughs> and I was like, "Oh fuck," <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get suicided. like full on. Like I was thinking, like, dude, this is going to be bad. And she's like, the most unexpected thing in the world. She's like. I am also a Christian. And I'm like, oh, fuck me. Okay, alright, so now I have, I thought that I was going to get in trouble for watching something about Jesus, but come to find out, I'm in a way worse spot than I thought I was, dude. (laughs) And so, she's like, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And she's like, intense, dude. And I'm like, uh, uh, no? Ah." I was so, I I wanted to get out of there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, She's like, I believe in Jesus Christ. He is our savior. He is Lord of all of the university. <laughs> university. She meant universe, obviously. Um, and she's like, He is Lord over all the university. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. I, I had no idea what to say, um, and I was so scared. I was so I was petrified, dude. I was like, I don't know if this lady's gonna fucking report me or whatever, because like fucking pe- people do that, dude. Mm-hmm like so I was I was terrified this lady was gonna out me for watching something about Jesus but come to find out she's like this like hardcore believer which I have no problem with like cool (laughs) you do you boo like but also don't bring it up on a fucking subway Like this is the mo- this is like the, the blood vessels taking us to and from you know like we got to make sure that this space is sacred and that there's no talk about Jesus here okay because they have cameras and they have audio feeds okay so oh my God. yeah anyway yeah that was those was two times where I was like dude I don't know man this is sketchy but
0: uh so they told you a few things when 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 you re- arrived like don't talk about religion. Don't yeah. Talk about uh, what were the other taboos they kind of put in place there?
1: Um, the main one, uh, they told us, and they were, dude, they were very, very serious about this. Um, kind of scared me, actually. Uh, they said, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances whatsoever, talk about the three T's. And those T's are Tibet. Taiwan and Tiananmen Square. Do not talk about those things in any way, shape, or form, whether you're in the bathroom by yourself talking to your girlfriend or what, do not talk about it. And it was funny, there was this guy who was on the onboarding with us. Uh, He served as a paratrooper in the British Army, Um, and he spent tons of time in Tibet and you know hung out with monks at monasteries and he he has a real attachment to that place so he has like tibetan tattoos on his back oh god and so he raised his hand and he was like hey i don't want to i have tibet i have tibetan on my back like is that a bad like what if i go to the beach you know and take off my shirt and go swimming is that going to be an issue and the guy who was onboarding was like yeah that's probably not don't show that <laughs> like <laughs> just tibetan writing on your back is a tattoo yeah so, uh, yeah, it was pretty wild. And then after I got a little bit more comfortable with it, then I uh, educated one of my coworkers on what happened in Tiananmen Square.
0: Yeah, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit more about that one. <laughs>
1: okay, all right. Uh, so um, when I arrived at my school, there was one guy there that I got attached to immediately. He's still my best friend. Um, he produces my podcast with me. His name's Fraser. Shout out Fraser. Uh, He had been in China for four or five months before I arrived, um, and he and I clicked immediately. Within five minutes of knowing each other, we were like, "Oh, dude, best friends." (laughs) Um, It was just one of those like, you know, Mm -hmm. awesome moments. One of the most important people in my life for sure. And he does stand up comedy, and he's you know he went to drama school, and he's an actor, and likes you know writing sketches and being funny, and you know we did stand up together out there and we had this co-worker of ours her name was Audrey and Audrey was an absolute sweetheart she was young she was cute she was fun to be around she was hilarious you know she was kind of spicy and she had you know she was a fun person to hang around Uh, chutzpah is probably the right word to to use with her Um, but uh, she was curious about Tiananmen Square because she had heard that there's just this kind of thing about this place in Beijing that people are just kind of like they don't talk about it that much what's going on so she she was asking the questions Mm -hmm. and so Fraser and I look at each other and we're kind of like okay are we about to fucking (laughs) (laughs) and we're like okay tell you what why don't you come over we'll buy a jar or jar we'll buy a bottle of whiskey I was looking at the jar. That's why I said jar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We'll buy a bottle of whiskey and we'll chat. And so she came over and we drank some whiskey and we got hooked up to our VPN, allegedly. And uh, (laughs) we pulled up YouTube, allegedly, and watched the documentary on Tiananmen Square that's on YouTube um, with her. You know, people complain and people talk about how like, Big Brother's always watching, and you know, the censorship in China is out of control. Like, we got to make sure free speech, free speech, all that stuff. America is like way too controlling over our news and blah, blah, dude. It does not even hold a fucking candle to what China's got going on with their fucking censorship, dude. Like, she did not know it existed. The actual place or the event? Well, the event. She knows the place, right? Because I mean, that's, <laughs> that can't go away, you know. Um, but yeah, what happened on June fourth, nineteen eighty nine? She does not. It is erased from books, from the internet. You can't access it without a VPN, allegedly. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start using. I'll stop using that punchline. Um,
0: uh, how did? <clears throat> How did she react and how was her behavior different in the following uh,
1: weeks? Uh, I tell you what, dude. I have never seen someone's brain short circuit before. And that's what happened. She was watching it. And I I didn't care to watch the video Mm -hmm. because I already seen it, you know, back when I was in high school or something like that, whatever. So she was watching it, dude. And she was confused and you could tell she was like every sort of like the full gamut of emotion, you know, Mm -hmm. like felt like she's been lied to also thinking it's actually not real. That like, it's like doctored footage and, and that kind of stuff. She gets done watching it. It's about, you know, an hour and a half or whatever, how long the documentary is. She gets done and she looks at us and she's like, but the students weren't doing anything wrong. And we just sat there and we're like, "Yeah, they weren't." So yeah, and she's like, "But they did. They weren't. They were just. They were just out in protest. Like, they weren't doing anything. They they weren't harming anyone. They weren't hurting. They they weren't you know trying to do anything other than just like voice their opinion. Like, what's what's the big deal with that?" Mm-hmm. And we're like, "Well, your government does not really like that that much." Because the government realized that they fucked up pretty hardcore and, you know what, covered up. Man. But to answer your question about the subsequent months and mm-hmm. stuff after that, she was she was rattled, man. She was rattled, and she did not say a single fucking peep about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, dude, if you just like find anyone, out about that and your whole life
1: you didn't hear a thing. It was wild, dude. Man. And I'll say this. This is a little bit more <clears throat> of a soapbox thing, but mm-hmm. like... Going to China has galvanized my thoughts on free speech. Free speech doesn't come without consequences, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, I tell you what, man. I see some stuff that's happening in America now, and I'm like, dude... We are on that track, man, and it's not good. And I'm, I'm not an alt-right fucking conservative dude. Yeah. I'm hardcore. I'm, I'm, not, hardcore, I'm well, not hardcore. Well, that anything, seems to like,
0: be the, uh, the lie they want to put on it. The only people that are against this censorship is the alt-right people. I mean, they're the...
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all up in the air anyway, but, mm-hmm. and then I don't want to get too political, but like, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, dude, I, I mean, that's probably part of the reason why I'm you know, so solidified in what I want to do with stand-up you know like i love stand-up it's my favorite thing in the world and it's inherently important to be able to say what you want to say mm-hmm. and if you fuck up you fuck up and there's consequences for that sure but if i accidentally did like dead name someone unintentionally mm-hmm. you know but then get doxed for it it's like hey dude like, that's a little bit too far. Of course I want to remain sensitive. And yeah. I, of course I want to validate the experience of other people. You know, obviously. Yeah, you, you want to... But, like, the simple mistake, right? And yeah, you don't want to be condemned
0: permanently for a simple mistake. You want to be able to learn from it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that kind of... I mean, of course China is a little bit further on the other end of the spectrum. But, yeah, dude, I, I've since... Uh, Refrained from buying stuff from Spain, made in China, and I look at tags on my clothes a lot more now, and yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, um,
0: I, I want to dive into the stand up stuff okay. a little, but before yeah. that, I just want to ask, uh, what is the similarities and the differences you see between American propaganda and Chinese propaganda? Because we do have uh, American propaganda, but it doesn't seem to be anything close to. No. Uh, the you're level right. of Chinese propaganda.
1: You're you're right. Um I was not really privy to a lot of the propagandistic type of like pomp and circumstance mm-hmm. that is associated with that kind of thing. The big huge banners with, you know, Chairman Mao and like that kind yeah. of thing. I didn't see a lot of that stuff. I will say this though, Chairman Mao is on every single paper currency over there. Every denomination, from the one all the way to the hundred. It's his face. Same face, same pictures and everything wow the back of the bill is different on everyone but oh and also their bills are like different sizes their ones are really really small and their hundreds are huge how do they do wallets I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I I never saw that. I just saw guys throwing money. That was it. Um,
0: All right. right. So they didn't have like a really, uh, you didn't, you weren't really exposed to like the press or, or the, uh, um, the media propaganda, but what could you tell based off of what people believed about America and their
1: own country? Okay. All right. Um, So to get back to that idea of the Taiwan stuff, I was teaching a geography lesson as part of my English thing. Cause we're learning the names of various countries. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of our big vocab words of the day was the United States of America. Like they have to be able to say that without any sort of, you know, hardcore mistakes and stuff. Um, so in my opinion, I was like, dude, what better way to show the map of the world than to actually like show a map. And so you know how on maps, how like like say you have a map of the U.S. Mm-hmm. and each state, like say Montana's purple and Idaho mm-hmm. is green, and there's a little yellow tint to South Dakota mm-hmm. just to delineate and just show the boundaries and stuff, right? So I pull up Bing.com because Google's illegal there, and I show a map. And on the map, it has Taiwan in a different color than China. Were you using a VPN? I was not. No, this is on the school computer. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Bing, so you're in the clear. Yeah. Bing.com yeah. is good to go so i pull up this picture it's just a i literally typed in map of the world Mm -hmm. for like second third fourth result on bing you know and it showed taiwan as a different color than what china was and this kid in my class he's probably 14 years old he goes teacher teacher no no and he's pointing at taiwan and i'm like what the hell is happening (laughs) No idea what's going on. And he's like, different color teacher Jessup. No. Pissed. He's pissed. And I'm like, and I I realized that it was, you know, the whole thing of like Taiwan is part of China. And, you know, they were, um, they they think they're not a part of us, but they are. Like that kind of idea. So like the propaganda stuff, I saw in real time. Mm -hmm. You know, I saw the effects of it in my classroom. Man. Is Taiwan a separate entity than China? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. And, you know, China doesn't believe that. And the Chinese government is very effective on making sure people believe what they want them to believe. Um, and how that compares to the American stuff is that, I mean, you look at any sort of fucking history book and it's just, it's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. The stuff that we're teaching right now, dude, and I come from a family of teachers and and that kind of thing. So, I mean, I'm not saying that I know my shit, Mm -hmm. but I do know for a fact that we have severely watered down what actually happened in our history in this country. And the stuff that we're continuing to do, we are very good Mm -hmm. at making sure people do not understand what's going on. And basically just kind of keeping things vague. And the way that I like to think about it is... I saw this all the time when I was in China. You know the cup game with like the three cups and the Mm -hmm. ball underneath. It's like the sleight of hand gambling game, right? Yeah. Chinese folks love gambling. They love (laughs) it, dude. (laughs) Love it. And so I, I I remember seeing this guy doing this thing, and I, I, I was. This is right after that uh, that incident with the kid in my class with Taiwan and the map, and um, that's what it. That's the analogy that I I grabbed onto Mm -hmm. is like, dude, the information is the ball. But the Chinese government is just <sharp inhale> just shoveling things around, making sure nobody knows where it's at. And as long as they do that long enough, then people don't care anymore. And once they don't care anymore, then they can just toss it in the trash and don't have to worry about it. Wow. So,
0: so are there people there that even know? Like, if you if, if someone there were to start like asking questions about Taiwan, would they just be like grabbed off the streets or go to jail?
1: Um, people would probably avoid them oh wow say you go to China okay. and you have your your little audio set up and you have a mic you go Matt Setzer here uh, what do you know about Taiwan you know they'd be like oh that boy, here. Uh, I do not want thank you <laughs> um, so yeah dude it, and there, there's actually a YouTube video out there about a guy who did that in, in Tiananmen Square on the anniversary of that day dude fucking balls of steel that man dude I would never do that I would never I mean, there's a lot of shit that I, there's a lot of shit that I would do in my life just because I'm I like doing things and experiencing and stuff. But that is something I do not want to do ever, ever, ever. <laughs> that feels
0: very reminiscent of a photo I saw of this guy who was at Mecca. Okay. And it, he just had his tongue out, and there's three tabs of acid on his tongue. damn. <laughs> in Mecca. That's
1: <laughs> that's an acid trip. <laughs> Holy shit! I don't want to do that either. <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much a suicide mission, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and in that video, dude, he—I mean—you see people just go, "No, thank you, bye-bye," and yeah. they just turn around and walk away. So people there know. The older folks do. Yeah, the, the people who were alive then and the, and the reason they're alive is basically
0: because they—they they don't talk about it.
1: Yeah, anybody who was born nineteen eighty or earlier, wow, probably knows about it. That is insane. Yeah, um, what 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 did like the average Chinese person you come across just think about Americans in general?
0: Did they have like um, really harsh opinions about them, or did they just
1: have misconceptions? They, I mean, or... yeah, misconceptions and <clears throat> stuff. And we have our misconceptions about Chinese folks too. Sure. And of course, I can draw I can draw on and on and on about how you know censorship and Taiwan and Tiananmen Square and blah blah. Mm-hmm. Dude, Chinese folks are fucking awesome. I believe it. They're so nice so welcoming so so hospitable there's this inherent level of respect that you have in eastern culture i think and in japan's like this um even in mongolia in vietnam and like just the entire orient basically if you want to frame it like that um there's this inherent level of like you respect your elders you respect authority you 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 treat people with like this this dignity you know um and that was dope dude Like Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a cultural thing over there. Like say you're sitting down and you're a young spry 25 year old white boy and you're sitting down on the subway and you go and you hit a stop and this old lady comes on and she has her little walker. And if you don't stand up and offer your seat to her, bro, social faux pas for sure. Like everybody does that. Like, dude, I, I, I can tell you countless times mm-hmm. where you just sh- – there's this old lady or this old guy shows up or, or a pregnant woman or a woman who has a baby in her arms or anything like that. People would stand up and just go, oh, here, here you go. Here you go. Like that's cool. Yeah, that's not we, exactly what you have work, is it? Yeah, no, dude. It's fucking <laughs> – in New York, they fucking show you in front of the subway, dude. It's like, I don't want that baby. Nah. Um, yeah, no. So that, that part was fucking cool. And – I think we have a lot to learn from them but um, overall I mean Trump was a punchline oh yeah yeah. I mean because we're over there you know still when he was in office and yeah it was just I mean the kids all the time teacher Jessup do you like Mr. Trump (laughs) Um, I don't know I feel weird about doing the accent so whatever but um, (laughs) um, but yeah no they would ask me about Trump all the time and, and stuff and I was like I don't really like him that much but whatever
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so diving into stand-up here uh, When did you first start stand-up comedy?
1: 2017 um, I okay. was a uh, This is while I was working in the woods um, And Yeah, it was a, it was a fun time I, I, The first time I ever told a joke on stage Was at Wise Guys in Salt Lake City In downtown mm-hmm. um, Great club, fantastic club Um, the guy who owns is a guy by the name of Keith and I've only met him on one occasion he doesn't remember me obviously Uh, but uh, they were they were one of the only stand-up comedy clubs that remained open during the pandemic Um, Mm -hmm. so people gravitated towards it really well Um, and yeah I told a stupid Trump joke about how uh, the first joke I ever told it was some bullshit about how I think I'm pretty. Com- I- I'm fairly confident that I could beat Trump in tra- in chess, <laughs> um, and how he would always play as the white pieces. <laughs> um, stupid. I mean, no one really has yeah, a good first joke they told on stage. Yeah, you know. yeah, and it was. I talked about, and I, I would strut around the stage like a pigeon because that's what I compared him to. Like. Basically, the analogy was, like, playing chess against Trump would be the same exact experience as playing chess against a pigeon. Okay. And how, yeah, just fucking knocking over shit and just strutting around like he actually won or whatever. Um, and honestly, that's not my joke. It's <laughs> not my i saw it online somewhere and i was like i'll just try that on stage maybe and it was stupid and i got called out for it and i learned you know and that was a good learning moment for me like hey don't fucking steal material (laughs) Um, it it wasn't like another comedian's joke but i saw like a meme or something like that about it yeah so you know it's
0: so hard not to uh not to use meme material because i feel like you see so many memes throughout the day and Mm -hmm. then like you forget about them, and then it pops up in your head, and you're like, that's a
1: great idea. Or you're writing material about the same subject, and you're like, oh, that's a funny line, mm-hmm. but you saw it before, even though it's mm-hmm. not technically yours. You can even yeah.
0: come up with something that will be original, but like just because of internet saturation, mm-hmm. someone's already told the joke somewhere, uh, which is uh, yeah. you know unfortunate. But I think there's a little bit more uh, uh, self uh self-integrity, like if you you manage to come up with it yourself, even Mm -hmm. if it exists already,
1: you know? Yeah, I mean, to say that you are 100% original all the time is a fool's errand, you know? And that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of young comics, and I fall prey to it all the time still. Mm -hmm. And I'm two years in. I mean, of course, so I can't get too high on my horse here because I'm still a rookie, technically speaking. But, you know, you have... People who show up to open mics and they come up with all the sw- they get on stage with all the swagger in the world, and then all of a sudden they're not funny because mm-hmm. they're using rehashed bits or whatever. I saw a guy straight, and this was in China. I saw a guy straight up steal Burt Kreischer's gimmick—the
0: machine thing.
1: Not the machine, not that yeah, joke, that was but his material. But he got up, <laughs> takes off his shirt. He's a big fat guy, yeah. you know, and, and he's like this obnoxious alcoholic, just you know, kind of thing. Uh, He went by (laughs) Bubs. That guy was a fucking dick. I will say that. If Bubs is listening, fuck you, (laughs) Bubs. Piece of shit. He was a dick to me a lot. <laughs>
0: so um, you you did stand up in China?
1: Yeah, that's where I, I when I when people say, "Oh, mm-hmm. when where did you get your start?" I don't say Salt Lake mm-hmm. because that was like once every four weeks, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Like when I started pursuing stand up in earnest was but, when That's, that's I, more was getting
0: in China. over the stage fright than anything yeah, else. Yeah,
1: totally. Oh, f- yeah, dude, that that's still a beast to fucking tame. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: So where did you go in China to to do
1: stand up? <laughs> You know it it was a it was a really cool year of stand up it really was because cool. like like here in spokane, you know like there's how many comics do you think show up or, or how many stand up comedians that go and want to pursue comedy at least more than a little bit of a hobby are in Spokane if you were to put a number um I would say over fifty over fifty more than a hobby, oh okay, maybe not more than a hobby, but like <laughs> We have 20 comics or 21 comics. I think people
0: that are are actually serious about it, I I would put the number at
1: maybe 20, probably 15. And the point still stands, basically, is that like over in China, we had eight of us total. In all? Eight Uh, open Like A a, a real busy open mic is like, dude, we got 10 people here. (laughs) <laughs> we got 10 comics dude Like, uh, that's kind of wild living in a city of 15 million people you would think so right yeah. yeah so I mean it's all expats and when you think about it like I mean stand up comedy is a, inherently a western American art form I guess so yeah I mean it started in New York City with you know like the people like Lenny Bruce and you know back in the day mm-hmm. um, and of course it's exploded and you know every region of the world has their own take on it you know but and even China has their own take on it i went to a chinese open mic one time where everything's in mandarin i had no idea what was going on um and i had one of my friends with me and i he was translating the jokes and i don't get chinese sense of humor at all (laughs) their their favorite joke was this joke about bread it was like this thing where it's like this rabbit shows up to a bakery and asks for a hundred bread and then the baker says that he has only ninety bread. It's just like this weird, of course, the language barrier yeah. is in and play culture
0: here. barrier. There's probably a whole bunch of contacts with like bakers and rabbits that you don't understand. More than
1: likely, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, it was it was fun. I I mean, we had our like, since there was so few of us, mm-hmm. we we gleamed onto each other. Yeah, like, you're
0: like top five in the city.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, it is sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you you really start to form like really powerful connections and some of my best friends still um are you know comics that i met in china one of my one of my really good friends is in kiev right now he's a ukrainian guy who was out there teaching english same as me and we got you know to be really good friends over there and he's currently over there right now but um but yeah like we we had two open mics a week we would show up to uh, this place on Thursdays uh, called Mambo. And Mambo was a Mexican restaurant.
2: What? Uh, yeah, dude.
1: <laughs> and owned by a Polish man. Uh, uh, and it was, I would say, honestly. Is Mambo even a Spanish word? Mambo? mambo. I know it
0: means hello in Tanzanian.
1: Tanzanian? Yeah. We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, dude, it, it was great. It was this small little Mexican restaurant. Great food. Fucking fantastic food. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Mexican
0: food in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I was, a, I was always surprised about that because I, I knew some Chinese exchange students from uh, Xi'an, as mm-hmm. I think it was. And while they were in America, they said their least favorite food was Mexican food. Really? Yeah.
1: Interesting. Huh. I never would have guessed that.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird, though. I guess it is a completely different spice profile, you know? Oh, yeah. The, the palate is food. completely different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I for mean, sure. it's still spicy, but a different kind of spicy. Yeah,
1: yeah. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, because, uh, I, mean, I mean, dude, there's there's noodle shops out there that will melt your face off, dude. <laughs> for real, like, do you, I mean...
0: Your mouth will go numb, right? Just from the, yeah, so the Szechuan spice... The, the Szechuan um, peppers, I've got some here.
1: Oh, do you? <laughs> oh, yeah, here. yeah. Um, so... Actually, it's kind of interesting. I mean, we can talk about this forever, but uh, the Szechuan Spice, the way that it works, at least this is what I was told. Mm -hmm. I could be completely wrong about this, is that you, like, it's a genetic trait between humans to whether your mouth goes numb or whether you think it's very, 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 very hot. Oh, damn. So when you say, oh, yeah, it makes your mouth turn numb, you are in the side of the fence that has the genetic profile, some protein processing something um, where you feel like your side effect or symptom quote unquote is a numb mouth i'm the same way i i was like dude why is everyone like freaking out this mm-hmm. is not that hot my mouth just turns numb
0: and it, it's weirdly enjoyable
1: yeah and it tastes good <laughs> and then you can't taste it anymore but mm-hmm. <laughs> but then at that point you can just wolf down everything and it's fucking good um, but there was people. I mean, I remember we went to this noodle shop one time, and it was just me and all the expat teachers from my school. And they're like, "We need to give you Sichuan, Sichuan sauce." And I was like, "Sweet, let's do it." And they loaded me up, and they're like, "Dude, you don't, you can't handle this, you white boy." Um, it was fun, and I wolfed down the whole bowl of noodles, and I didn't even pull a face. And they're like, "How are you doing that? How, how, how?" And me and a few of my friends were like, "Dude, this is not a big deal." yeah but they were sitting there like they had one bite and they're like oof couldn't handle <laughs> um, so yeah so anyway we went to uh, Mambo uh, very small very intimate venue uh, the front row was about from media away mm-hmm. Um there's no stage there was an amp a cord and a mic oh wow and a mic stand that was it um, but we were able to get things hooked up to the speakers and you know we were able to make it our own but Uh, Mambo was on Thursdays And then for a long time We went to this place on Sundays Called Luna Uh, It was a place called Luna Bar And Luna will always have A small little place in my heart Because it was The the comedy venue of the area Because it had a stage It had a good sound system It was like this dance club That also functioned as a music venue They had a pool table All the stuff Um, And that was the best mic of the two. Um, because, you know, it was a little bit more upscale. It's mm-hmm. not as intimate as like a you know, you think of it like need a burrito here in mm-hmm. town. Like people are still ordering burritos while you're telling jokes. You know what I mean? Like same thing. Like And that's Mamba. if you're lucky. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, so people are talking during your set. Oof, you lucked out. Um, but yeah, so I mean the same thing in Mambo, people are ordering food, people talking, you know, it was it was a struggle to get, you know, laughs there when you are a first timer. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, we went to Luna on Sundays, and that was the only two mics in town. Wow, only two! It's
0: crazy to think those are the only two mics in that big of a city. Yeah. Um, what questions were you asked the most while you were there? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> um, I, in general, but also uh, specifically by the kids that you were teaching.
1: I got asked. Uh, to give people money all the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> people thought that I had a lot of money because I was white, mm-hmm. um, and I still have no money. <laughs> <laughs> I had no money then. I have no money now. But uh, yeah, like it was. I mean, the assumption is, oh, you're white and you're wearing a school teaching uniform, mm-hmm. therefore you have probably some cashies to spend, you know. And comparatively speaking, yeah. I didn't have to worry about money when I was over there. Dude, the cost of living over there, dude, I could live easily off of like six bucks a day, like the equivalent of $6 a day. All my meals, all that stuff, maybe a few beers. Yeah. That's awesome. Fucking great, dude. <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> and I loved it. Um, Cause the food is fucking amazing and, mm-hmm. and, and, and all that stuff. But yeah, they would ask me all the time. I mean, you get approached by, you know, people on the street and they're shaking a cup at you and, and, mm. And I remember one time this lady, like I was I was walking past this lady. She was coming towards me and we were just like in the shopping center, you know, and we're outside going from building to building. And she sees me, she clocks me from a, a long ways away. And I'm like, oh, fuck, all right. Okay, and she has this cup, metal cup, and she has a few coins in it and she's like aggressively shaking it. And everybody that walks past is like <sharp inhale> <sharp inhale> She sees me and fucking beelines it to me. <laughs> <laughs> into and I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. I'm going to have to fucking engage with this lady. Uh, and so she comes up and she's speaking Mandarin to me, but I don't know what's going on. And uh, I just waved my hand at her and I said, oh, booyah, sis you. You know, I do not want, thank you, thank you. You know, basically mm. saying like, sorry, I'm not going to give you any money. She walks past me and as she's walking past me, she fucking... She comes up with her uh, her right hand and hooks my right arm and, like, grabs my bicep and fucking squeezes hard. <laughs> hard. <laughs> like, very, very hard. And she, like, rips me into her. He pulls her close, and she gets, like, really close to my ear. And she's speaking Mandarin. I have no idea what she's saying. And so... I <laughs> i was so fucking scared because like mm-hmm. you don't fuck with chinese ladies dude yeah it could be a witch yeah i mean she could be a kung fu master or probably say some spells or some shit i don't know <laughs> like <laughs> i was young impressionable and stupid mm-hmm. um still am but uh yeah she's like i'm like grabbing the muscle too not like grabbing the arm but like grabbing the muscle and just like reefing it towards her, and she was just being belligerent, and so I smacked her hand, and I said, "No, no, bullshit!" Sorry, I'm anywhere. It's okay. Um, but yeah, so I, I had to fucking slap this old lady's hand, and I reached in my wallet and I gave her, you know, like six bucks or something like that, or mm-hmm. six jiao, um, and then she was on her way. Wow! But she just would not let me go. You know, and and, that, and so, yeah, getting asked for money all the time. Um, like I said before, questions about Trump. Um, that was a constant thing. Um, I asked, I, you know what, actually, I got asked a ton if I liked root beer. <laughs> now that I think about it. Yeah. That's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Is that an American drink? Is it? I don't I, know. I, I don't know. It seems like it would be, right? I, Is it like sarsaparilla kind of idea?
0: maybe like the old west (laughs) i mean that's something i would have never thought of yeah is root beer maybe that's like their version of like coke you know like in the south they'll just say hey you want a coke do you want a coke yeah and they just mean soda maybe they just default to root beer over there maybe that's bizarre
1: yeah but it's not really a thing i mean i drank vanilla coke like it was water over there (laughs) um all the time i would have vanilla coke but like yeah I, i was constantly being asked if i liked root beer so I don't know if that's like I, I mean I'm assuming since I got asked that frequently that it's not really a thing. I, I never really saw it in stores.
0: You think it was like subtly racist too? I mean, like you know, like if someone walks up to a Mexican like Mexican person here is like, "Do you like tacos?" Yeah. Like, is that
1: their version of that? It, it could probably <laughs> be. It, yeah, I mean, I'm. <laughs> here's the thing, I like like I said before, the people that I met over there, mm-hmm. incredibly amazing people, mm-hmm. so hospitable. Like I said wonderful human beings i will also say this and i can say this with with a degree of confidence is that there is you know there people say oh, america's super racist bro <laughs> like i said <laughs> it does not hold a candle to china dude i like like i said we have a multinational very diverse onboarding group mm-hmm. okay folks from south africa people from you know tanzania (laughs) and like that kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. and they you know being black were treated extremely differently and people were afraid to touch them because they thought their skin was going to give them a curse and like this crazy shit yeah like it's pretty fucking gnarly dude and being white like i mentioned at the beginning like this is my minority experience you know like it was like that towards me as well like they thought that you know I. They call this round eyes. Round eyes? They call us round eyes. That is, they call us uh, tall noses. That's really
0: hilarious, actually. That's like uh, the opposite of the racial slurs used on Chinese
1: people. Yeah, I mean, people it's say slant <laughs> eyes and like that kind of thing, and people pull their eyelids back and stuff. Uh-huh. Dude, I had kids show up, like, straight up in my class and be like, oh, teacher Jessup! <laughs> and they like pull their eyes, like, open wide. <laughs> like, Teacher is a round eye. You're like, they would say that shit. That's comical. <laughs> it is. And I was like, and my buddy Fraser, like, <laughs> dude, he has this great joke about how he's never had a word before. He's like, dude, I'm so glad to have a word. <laughs> yeah, they call me round eye. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, it, it doesn't feel good mm-hmm. to, you know, have this kind of venomous thing being sprayed at you. But, you know, I'm. I err on the side of people just kind of being ignorant and mm-hmm. you know, that's okay. Like sometimes people just need to be educated and that's all right. Like yeah. I'm not going to change how I treat people just because of how they treat me. And you know, they, th- their word for us out there is called lauai, lauai. Yes. And so laowai, uh means foreigner, mm-hmm. but it's like the, the racist thing they call us. It's mm-hmm. as close as you can get to their version of the n-word it's like and japan
0: japan's Tune. yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep
1: yep yep you're exactly right so so yeah um a few of the the comedians that i knew from shanghai uh they they made this, this sketch called laoi park uh it was the same riff off of jurassic park uh, <laughs> and so basically and it was, it's a funny sketch and so they they basically just show a bunch of you know white people doing white people things in China and like these chinese tourists taking pictures of them like look at them go they're ordering drinks very loudly you know like that <laughs> kind of stuff so yeah i mean it was funny and and i i think that's that's great but um but yeah it was it was kind of like this weird thing where you know like you have kids pulling at their mom's skirt you know they're kind of fearful mm-hmm.
2: like, la- 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 la.
1: you know and they're Man. pointing at me and i'm their teacher for the day you know and it's like fuck like i don't want to so, I I prioritized making my classes fun mm-hmm. and exciting and engaging and just. Yeah, it really changed the uh, correlation. I, yeah, just, you know, I, I can't change the world, but I can change my classroom. Mm hmm. So. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, how was the homeless problem there compared to, like, cities in the U.S.? Was it bigger or smaller or was it different in a way?
1: Significantly smaller. Okay. Significantly smaller. Um,. This is a subject that's pretty tough to talk about sometimes um, because back in the day, they used to have the one-child policy, Mm -hmm. right? And a consequence of that, obviously, is that the population dropped, um, but it was dropped to a sustainable level because it was unsustainable beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the—I mean, family guy has jokes about it, and people riff on it and Mm -hmm. stuff about how, like, oh, man— You're a little girl in China. You're lucky to be alive. You know, like that kind Mm -hmm. of shit. So that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, And also, as a part of that, uh, part of the one-child thing is that if you are born with deformities or a learning disability, Down syndrome, anything like that, then they, you know, the families, you know, back in the day would just take you to the streets and let you fend for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, On my commute to the subway station every day, there was this guy... Um I always said hi to him, um, but he was always really scary <laughs> um <laughs> this guy he he had this facial tumor that was fucking huge. I mean this thing was probably the size of maybe like a like a cantaloupe oh, off of this, yeah, it was huge dude it was like off the side of his face and his his entire face would droop you know, pretty intense situation, and people would avoid him like the fucking plague man mm. Mm-hmm. And he was skinny, real skinny. Like, bro, you need to get some fucking food, dude. Nobody would serve him, even in restaurants um, and that kind of thing. And so when you talk about the homeless problem out there, there's not a lot because, I mean, I don't know if they've passed away or if they've just signed up for a labor camp type of job or something like that. But, yeah, comparatively speaking, the U.S. has a significantly higher homeless population as Opposed to China, so.
0: All right, um, let's get into some more uh, uh, happy topics like sure. uh,
1: food. Oh, dude, I fucking love the food over there, dude. It's so it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's amazing, dude. Like you, like people think like you know, you go on tour. For like or not tour, you go on vacation mm-hmm. and you're like, I want to eat my way through the South Pacific, you mm-hmm. know, and that kind of thing. You hit all the countries and you hit all the cool restaurants, and you know, you go on Yelp and fucking TripAdvisor and all these places and look for the best restaurants. And I highly encourage doing that. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, being in Shenzhen, and since it is a very wealthy city compared to other places around China. Um, They have really high, ritzy, you know, fancy-pants restaurants. Mm -hmm. And they pull out all the fucking stops, dude. And it is so good. It is so good. So you go, like, a lot of people think, like, oh, you got to go to the best places. And I encourage doing that. To have the experience, go. Definitely. Spend the money. You do you. But, dude, I'm telling you right now, there is nothing better than in the -the hole-in-the-wall, back-alley noodle shop that's owned by a family. It's been in in the family for generations. And, okay, so there's this place. (laughs) I have so many anecdotes. But um, in Antoshan, there was this noodle shop that was across the street from us in our uh, uh, apartment complex. We just called it the Muslim noodle shop because it was was halal. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you go in and it's owned by this family. I got to be on a first-name basis because I went to that noodle shop all the time. Um, I went and got lamb and pepper noodles. Lamb and pepper noodles, man, and it was so tasty. That sounds really So good. tasty. So whenever I would walk in, they go, "Hello, Chris. Hello, Chris." I was like, "Oh, ni hao, ni hao." Um, and I did. Uh, by the end of the year that I was out there, um, I didn't even have to order. Wow. I would walk in and they'd make it. It was so dope, dude. I went there all the time, daily. <laughs> I would go get noodles there daily. That's amazing. And they have this uh, thing over there where. Like they, they hand pull their noodles, mm-hmm. right? And when you're a noodle puller, you're 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 working out basically all day, you know. Yeah. And so they have this this phrase over there. I only heard it a few times, but uh, if you are a healthy looking guy and you see you got broad shoulders and a big chest, and nice ripped arms, they say, "Oh, you look like a noodle puller." <laughs> and dude, the, the guy who was pulling noodles back in the back in the kitchen, man, he was jacked, <laughs> man. um And yeah, I mean, because the way that they make their noodles is like this really cool process where they, I mean, you can look it up anywhere, but um their noodles are so fucking good, and they spice things perfectly, and it's just, oh, I miss it. I miss it every day,
0: man. You you call someone a noodle puller here, you're gonna get in a fight.
1: Hey, you know, we want gonna pull some noodles later. <laughs>
0: That sounds so tasty, not just because I'm hungry right now, but what is Chinese breakfast like? I've always been curious. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So when we got to the hotel, I was was expecting everything to be different. Mm -hmm. Everything. Every minute detail to be completely different to what I experienced back in the U.S. But as I came to find out, it wasn't that different. It's definitely different for Mm -hmm. sure, but not like completely and totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fruit. Um, the sweetness part doesn't come from maple syrup; it comes from you know fresh fruit, mm-hmm. um, which ultimately is healthier. You know, and when you think about lifespan and average age of Chinese folks compared to American folks, there's a definite difference mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with the processed sugars and refined shit that we put in our bodies here. But um, one of my favorite things to have for breakfast over there, they would have these stacks of of baskets um, steam baskets where they would have basically just they call them baozi. Um,
0: bauzi those are uh, little, little steam buns
1: right? steam dumplings yeah, yeah. so bao means treasure or pocket mm-hmm. um, and I can't remember what it means but um, but yeah so they would have stacks that are 8-9 feet tall and they would be set on this steaming pallet and these are woven like reeds basket weird things Mm -hmm. and so they would stack them on top of each other so you'd have like a circle it's probably maybe about that big so probably maybe yeah 16 inches in diameter and you would set all these pieces of dough on there with a nice little cute little twirly top and Mm -hmm. you know sometimes they would stuff them with meat or veggies or or soy or something like that Mm -hmm. um and they would just load one of those round pallet things with these buns stack those up and then just set it on this giant steamer. And this steamer would just go straight up through all of those buns. And you always wanted the ones at the bottom because those are the warmest. Um, and, dude, they are so tasty. So tasty. They use them as utensils sometimes with their noodles to kind of mm-hmm. just dip it in the broth and the sauce and the peppers and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Super, super tasty. So, yeah, a lot of fruit, a lot of baozi. Uh
0: And I know dessert in China is commonly just fruit. Yep. But what is the most popular fruit?
1: Whew. um, I personally ate a lot of dragon fruit. When I, I was heard over there.
0: dragon fruit from the source is like way better than it is in the States. Dude, it is.
1: Because it's very
0: tasteless here in the States. It
1: <laughs> is next level, man. It is so good. Lychee is also super tasty. Oh uh, yeah, um, I love lychee. Um, and I will say this. If you like durian, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that fruit, dude. It is gross. It smells bad. Tastes bad. I don't know how anybody thinks it's a good thing to eat. It's just horrible, dude. They had to land a plane because it stunk <laughs> so bad. Because they were the fucking like they were shipping this. It's
0: that bad. I've always heard stories of how bad it was. Dude, but durian is bad, bad. disgusting,
1: dude. So bad. I was like, okay, I can't be like. Because I mean, you smell it, and it smells like ass, and you're like, <laughs> dude, why would anybody eat this? I was like, okay, but I have to try it. I have to do yeah. it. So I tried it. Fucking sucked. It was so bad, dude. I don't know how anybody eats it. But, um, yeah, durian is kind of it's, – it's a punchline fruit is what we ended up calling it when we were over there because everybody has a bit about durian over there. So, yeah. It, yeah, they had to land a plane. They had, like, this cargo – a load of durian that like somehow the box broke and all the durian fell out in the cargo hold and the fucking scent of the durian like wafted towards the cabin where everyone was sitting <laughs> and they couldn't handle it so they would land the plane. God damn. Yeah. That's how bad it stinks.
0: What are some of the strangest foods you saw being served?
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. And, and did you try any of them? Oh Yeah. oh yeah no I I definitely did that so one of the things that I did not expect out there so okay COVID happened Mm -hmm. Wuhan right did that happen while you were there no Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I arrived back in the states in September of 2019 and then COVID hit good timing Um, yeah COVID hit that (laughs) December so um, but Trace stuff says that it was in Wuhan in July of the same year that I was Mm -hmm. there so whatever Um, but wet markets right dude it's like traumatizing almost like you go to a you go to a wet market i was in uh guangzhou um it's this city that's a little bit further outside of uh shenzhen huge city awesome place to go really fun and we went to a wet market because we wanted to just see what it was like and i don't know if anybody's been to a butcher like who may or may not listen to this but like have been to a butcher shop like the smell of blood and meat and raw meat and that stuff, it is like a fucking brick wall. That that <laughs> that scent just fucking hits you, and you're just like... Woof. All right, we're going to go in here and just see what people are eating. <laughs> Ferrets, chickens, frogs, snakes, snails, fish of every shape and size. Dude, I saw... Okay. <laughs> I remember walking in, and... You go into this wet market, and it's like this horseshoe shape, right? Mm-hmm. You go in, and you basically walk around like this center counter, right? Mm-hmm. And there's people in the middle of the counter. There's a counter on either side, and people are working in the middle, mm-hmm. right? And you basically just this giant loop, and it's huge, massive market. I walk in, and the front of that horseshoe is this guy, big dude, built like a noodle puller, right? And he has this apron that's just caked in brown blood just (laughs) raunchy (laughs) just nasty and he has this cleaver no gloves bloody hands looking at you (laughs) and I know this is 100% real I walk in I see that guy and he has this giant cutting board it's probably three feet long Mm -hmm. maybe two and a half feet wide maybe three or four inches thick and there's a depression in the middle from just use right wow And on either side of him, no shit, on meat hooks, I saw a set of lungs, like a trachea with lungs on it, dude. Was that for sale? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what animal it belonged to. No No. clue whatsoever. But like legitimately, these lungs were probably, I mean, big. Like human-sized lungs. I'm not saying that they were eating humans. They definitely probably weren't. (laughs) But, like, dude, like, it was bad. Like, they had lungs on a hook, and then that was on one side, and then the, other, the other side was just just rows and rows of chickens. <laughs> they were completely plucked um, and gutted, but they still had their heads on and everything, and they're just sitting there with, like, <laughs> just hanging there, you know, with their combs on and everything. They eat the comb over there, too. Chicken oh feet's God. a huge deal.
0: I've heard chicken feet is, is, is a big deal over there. Yeah, chicken
1: feet's huge. I hate it. <laughs> It's not good. Um, Chicken (laughs) feet. I mean, I grew up with chickens and I've Mm -hmm. seen them. I spent my childhood watching them step in their own shit. So that was Mm. a mental block for me. I could not eat chicken feet. And it's just sinew and cartilage and it's not meat. It's it's weird. And the thing they do over there is like, if you want chicken, they're like, oh, here's one. And they pull it off a hook. They just go and just slap it on the cutting board. And they don't do like the... Cut the meat out and you know, here's a breast, and here's a wing, and mm-hmm. here's the drumstick, and da-da-da. They don't do that. Mm-hmm. They just slap it on the cutting board and they just go with a giant cleaver, ka chunk ka chunk ka chunk chunk into a bag. <laughs> Here you go. And it's like dripping with blood. Wow. And that's your chicken. That's what you use to cook. Tasty. Yeah. And over there, like their, their experience of mealtime is completely different. <laughs> So Audrey, I talked about her yeah. earlier. She told me one time. I, I I asked her something similar, where it was like, "So what's the main difference between Western and Eastern food?" And she's like, "Oh, Western food is just so soft." Soft. Yeah. What she mean by that? And I was like, "What do you what's what do you mean?" She's like, "Yeah, there's no bones in it." Ugh. <laughs> she was like disgusted that there was no bones, and I was like, "What? Okay, so what do you? I mean, I've I've had chicken wings and I don't know, okay, T-bone steak. Okay, get it. Ribs, sure." She's like, "No, no, no, like chicken." Your chicken is so soft. And I was like, okay. So what do you mean? So she apparently in China. This is what she told me. So I'm not, you know, she might be wrong. <laughs> um, but she uh, she was telling me that eating around the bone and stuff is like part of the overall experience. The smacking the, mm, they 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 love that shit. <sighs> like finding a bone is like, oh, okay. I got a little time here. mmm Yes, tasty. Wow. Yeah. and I suffer from misophonia, so I fucking hated that what shit. Is, what is that? It's the mouth sounds like overly oh, sensitive okay. processing disorder. Yeah, so yeah, I I ate almost every single restaurant I ate at in China. I had my earbuds in. Um,
0: oh wow! Because everyone was just just going chomping for chomping at it
1: and slurping. The mouth sounds is like a sign that you're enjoying it. So, I mean, was yeah, yeah, great.
0: slurping is considered a sign of respect in mm-hmm. some some yep, Eastern yep. countries, right? Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: At um, least in my area, it was. That's what I was told. So,
0: so uh, cat or dog, which is a more popular food dish? <laughs> uh, dog is for sure.
1: Um, yeah. Dog's not bad. Um, I uh, <laughs> I got tricked into eating it um, from a bunch of my friends. It was a uh, it was at the same restaurant where we got the Sichuan noodles. Um, it wasn't that same night, but mm-hmm. it was the same restaurant. And like, let's go out. This is my first time going there, actually. Uh, and. <laughs> my friends were like hey yeah let's let's go out to eat and you know i'll pay cool i was like all right sweet let's go you know so we're drinking cheap watered down beer and having a good time mm-hmm. and they're like you should go you should order this and i was like all right sweet so i get this noodle dish and it's fucking tasty as shit man so good <laughs> tasted great spiced perfectly the noodles tasted amazing all that stuff and they're like watching me eat it like
2: okay uh, all right
1: you know they're paying attention I get done with I, – I finish off. I'm, like, licking the plate, basically. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how was that? <laughs> and I was like, it was really good. They're like, did you know what you ate? I was like, something with meat in it. <laughs> yeah. Come to find out it was dog. And it was, it was good. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. It wasn't, like, something that I would write home about. Yeah. I mean, other than, like, the, the anecdote for it. But, like, I – i enjoyed the taste and experience of eating dog mm-hmm. even though i wasn't aware that i was eating it at the time um and it's actually kind of funny so like after i got done eating that meal for the next about week and a half maybe two weeks the street dogs would avoid me because the scent of their the, yeah like it's, whether it's coming through my skin or, or, or whatever yeah uh
0: my old chinese teacher used to always say like yeah we don't eat dog in China. It's only in the rural countryside. Mm. But at the same time, uh, uh, Shenzhen was the rural countryside not only, like, like 40 years ago.
1: I mean, dude, they got their first skyscraper in
0: 1985.
1: Yeah, so...
0: Yeah. They, they I think... They, they used to be a read, fishing village. Yeah, it was like 300,000 people 20 years ago. And then now it's 15 million. And now it's 15 million. Yep. That's a huge increase. But massive, I imagine Some massive. of the culture from the... City before mm-hmm. probably stuck around,
1: Yeah, especially in the smaller areas like Chuan. Mm-hmm. Chiuan was a, like at kind of it's like I said, it's western Shenzhen, so it's like out near the coast. It's a little bit out of the way. There's not really like a downtown kind of area. Like the closest mall was a ways away, um, and that's saying something in China. Like there's there's probably three or four giant shopping malls every probably 10 blocks or something like that they, they love shopping over there love it and it's fun going over there and, and shopping and seeing all the cool stuff but um but yeah like that culture from days gone by definitely was still part of Chuan. but then when we moved to antwo shan that was where like the noodle shop the, mm-hmm. the halal noodle shop was and i mean once we moved to antwo i mean i was i never looked back dude i was like dude that noodle place <laughs> is it
0: was uh, that lamb and pepper dish your favorite dish that you had in China?
1: I will, uh, if I were to ever be convicted of a crime that l- I was about to be put in chair, that's what I would ask for. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's some task you're giving the, the prison guards or whatever. That's fine. So go, to, go, to, go, to, go to Shenzhen. Go to Antelope
1: <laughs> I can show you where. Uh, and grab some noodles, please. <laughs> uh,
0: just a few more questions here. Sure. Uh, Chinese communism in America is not viewed in a positive light. No. And it probably doesn't deserve to be viewed in a positive light. Mm -hmm. But uh, are there any aspects of Chinese communism that you thought were positive, that you could see a positive Mm -hmm. outcome in China?
1: That's a really good question. So the intentions of communism, at least from my understanding, and I'm not any sort of political science major or person, major why did i say major i'm 28 i've been in school in six years um uh yeah so i'm not a political science guy um but from what i know communism inherently is the community the community right that's where that's where the, the name of the ideology comes from and so the idea of like together as one i think that's great you know people coming together i mean like i mentioned earlier like that that uh, apartment complex we were living in in Chilwan like most of the people who lived in that community lived in that building everybody was hanging out every night if the weather was good dude people are out getting to know each other forming relationships that kind of stuff and that's fucking cool man that's really mm-hmm. lovely you know and granted you know people are people and that's the problem with communism is that human beings are human beings and we're inherently selfish and, and violent and that mm-hmm. kind of thing so it's like does it work as a government system? I would probably say not. But there are some things about it that I think can be incorporated. You know, like mm-hmm. that that idea of, like, we are going to take care of each other because we are all together in this. Like, that's fucking cool. I mean, that's what I grew up with in mm-hmm. Montana, you know. Like, my community that I grew up in was very similar to that idea of, like, dude, if, if someone needs help, you help them. Regardless. You don't ask for anything in return. Like, that idea? Fuck yeah, man. I'm all about it. But... Unfortunately, the uh, the way that it goes with communism is that you know people become oppressed, and you know when there's no hierarchy or level of organization, then it's, it falls to its knees. But
0: and I think you sort of just answered a question I was about to ask here. Uh, what aspects of Chinese culture do you think America could uh, uh, benefit from do, the incorporating? Respect,
1: I would I would reference the subway shit again, yeah. like the the respect for elders and like that kind of stuff dude fucking so cool Mm -hmm. i mean you know there would be like the the young kids like the 10 11 12 year olds who are like it's dumb you know like the (laughs) the rebelliousness of prepubescence. you know like that kind of stuff yeah they would be like they'd be groaning and rolling their eyes as they get up and offer them a seat you know but other than that dude like everybody was like that everybody Mm -hmm. you know you you see someone who is you know taking their their sweet time because they have a cane you know trying to get in the building or something like that or oh dude another example is great i think is you know you don't really see this a lot in america at least from what i've experienced but shenzhen is in, in a tropic right so it, mm-hmm. like the weather there like i said it's super hot super humid um during the cold months um it gets to be pretty chilly but it's not bad you know mm-hmm. it's you know whatever but you get rainstorms that Noah would be proud of. Dude, <laughs> it's fucking gnarly and a torrential downpour. Yeah. The hardest rain I've ever experienced was over there. Does it like clean the streets? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like it washes shit away. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't flood or anything like that because mm-hmm. their infrastructure is so fucking top notch. But um, and that's another area that we can talk about if you want. But, um, but yeah, so like there's this guy and he was an old dude. I mean, I don't know how old he was, probably 175, but he, (laughs) he was walking towards this building. He didn't have an umbrella. Mm -hmm. He was getting fucking doused. Mm -hmm. And the moment that our shopkeeper, because we were inside just hanging out in the shop until the rain kind of let up so we can go across the street to our apartment complex. You know, we were just getting like chips and chocolate, you know, or something. Um, And this guy was walking towards the shop and he didn't have an umbrella or whatever. And the shopkeeper like grabbed one of the umbrellas from the rack unwrapped it and went out and like helped him with the umbrella and brought him into the shop so he can dry off gave him a towel all that stuff you don't see that shit dude you don't see you know a guy who's working behind the counter at Seven Eleven. you know that's basically the equivalent you know yeah.
0: here in America we kind of view elders as more of like a nuisance yeah it's cumbersome it's a
1: yeah you're you're an anchor to us as a society you know like that kind of shit and Mm -hmm. dude I mean that kind of shit was so cool to, to see over there, you know? Mm-hmm. And it definitely took that home with me. And, yeah, I think that's something that Americans can really learn from and, and start to, you know, do more of. Um,
0: conversely, uh, what do you think about American culture? Do you think China could adopt that would uh-huh. uh, it would help them out, huh? Um. Uh, not, not talking politics, mind you. Uh, strictly okay. culturally speaking.
1: Culturally speaking. Which, I mean culture and politics are almost one of the same almost, intertwined. almost they, they, the same. they
0: have a lot of intertwining for yeah sure.
1: for sure um, I think that Chinese folks could probably learn from Americans in the aspect of um, owning your shit um, America is kind of eking away from this a little bit but at least when I was growing up and, again, this is my own experience, so I can't speak for anybody else You mean me. owning up to your shit? Owning your shit. Or actually owning things? Well, not actually owning. So more so, like, responsibility. Okay. Right? So the level of entitlement out – I mean, it's in, in America as well. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. Um, but they have this concept over there in China called the little emperors. <laughs> and it's part of the one-child policy, right? So, like, when you're – this. Yeah. So when you have a one-child – everyone's a – single child mm-hmm. or only child not single child only child um, then they get all the attention they get all I mean and of course in Shenzhen dude this place is rolling in the money so when you're an only child with parents who work in the you know tech industry or something like that or you know investment banker or something whatever dude you get treated so well and these kids develop an entitlement that is next level dude I mean I mean Everybody in America be like, "Oh, teens these days, you know, Mm -hmm. these kids are so entitled." Blah blah blah. Sure, and like I said before, it does not hold a candle, man. It does not. These kids are fucking terrors, man. (laughs) They are fucking horrible. (laughs) Not all the kids. Mm -hmm. It's not every single kid over there is like that. But you have, you know, you're just like here in America. You have those kids who are just for some reason just super entitled and stuff. But dude, over there, man, it is bad 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 so i would say as far as you know something to learn from at least how i was raised is like hey fucking cool it you're not the center of the universe man like Mm -hmm. own up to your mistakes admit that you're wrong move on
0: that's something i wouldn't have expected but uh it also isn't that surprising yeah um Did you, did you pick up any cool gadgets while you were there? Like, just like, (laughs) you know, just buying stuff in the
1: random street markets? Oh, that was my favorite. So they have this mall over there. Uh, Oh, I can't remember what part of the city it's in. Is it in? uh... It's in Eastern Shenzhen. It's by the train station. Oh, fuck. It's right next to Shangri-La Hotel. I can't, I I remember exactly where it is, but I can't remember the name of the fucking district. Anyway, it's a knockoff mall. A knockoff mall? The whole mall. Is just Chinese knockoffs. (laughs) Fucking. (laughs) I I heard they can like make the
0: Apple logo identical, Mm -hmm. like absolutely identical. Mm -hmm. Get most of the pieces all identical with, you know, little modifications Mm -hmm. with cheaper parts.
1: But. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) And people fall victim to that all the time. Mm-hmm. all the time I mean you get duped dude I got duped so many times I was a fucking <laughs> dipshit white guy I was like oh yeah sure <laughs> fucking give me these Nikes you know and <laughs> fucking knockoffs they fall apart in three days you know like that kind of shit I mean of course you know mm-hmm. it's part of the experience and I love going to that mall dude because they had like the the knockoff Lego sets and stuff oh, like cool. there's there's this one that I saw uh, it was uh, BB-8 right so the droid from Force Away uh, from the new trilogy or whatever and uh, instead of saying Star Wars and all that stuff, they had the picture of Ray and, you know, Kylo Ren and, like, all the official pictures and the same Lego set from, you know, this Star Wars officially licensed toy thing. But instead of saying Star Wars, it said Star Plan. <laughs> and, like, you would see... Uh, star Plan. Yeah, it was like Star Plan. And, <laughs> uh, you know, you'd have the nike swoosh would be like upside down and like that kind of shit and the adidas logo would be like slightly tilted it's like weird. you're playing a and video game yeah yeah no exactly right and i, I love because i thought it was so funny yeah you know like it did like it i mean for someone who understands like okay yeah these are the brands that i'm familiar with these are the products that i am used to and stuff but when you go over there like they are straight up Stealing shit and making it their own and selling it for a cheaper price and people are fucking falling for it, man. And you know that's capitalism. And I, I've you know, heard
0: uh, there they don't really see it that way. They see it more of like, oh yeah, we're just trying to make a a, a good thing that already exists, just mm-hmm. more affordable. Or yep,
1: that's know. that's the way they think it. But I mean, they're they're stealing intellectual property left and right. And, you know, there's a certain <laughs> level of laws that are in place. I mean, but also. China's going to do what they want, man. Like, was there anything that you think you actually got a good
0: deal on? Like, Was there any like yeah. knockoff? They were like, this is way better than the
1: original for the price. Um, yeah, there was this, uh, this fucking awesome gadget. This is my favorite gadget that I bought over there. I don't have it anymore because it broke. <laughs> um, but it was this thing. It was this neck fan. It was this thing. It was like shaped like a horseshoe, kind of, and it came over your, it, it like draped over the back of your neck, and it had like these two circular fans, and you would they were on like these you know little adjustable little wires basically, and you would be able to like just click it on, and just go, and you just walk around getting a breeze in your face all day. Yeah, and that it humidity saved, It saved my ass. Dude. <laughs> I got so much mileage out of that thing, man, dude. It was great, and then eventually broke, and I was like, fuck, but. Yeah, it was awesome. It was my favorite gadget over there.
0: Wow. That's yeah. that's pretty neat. Um, what was your hardest lesson you had to learn while you were there?
1: That's a really good question. Um, hardest lesson to learn. It wasn't so much about China. It wasn't so much about being an American in China either. It wasn't about stand-up. It wasn't about teaching. It was the relationship that I had with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um we struggled pretty hard out there, um, and she suffers from you know some mental illness stuff that's pretty fucking gnarly. And mm-hmm. you know it got to the point where I was basically taking care of both of us full time. Um, I was very glad to be home after that year because it got to be where it was like, yeah, pretty bad. But um, the lesson that I learned from that was like, you think that you love somebody. And you realize how much more you really can love someone when you put the effort in. Oh, wow. And, you know, it burnt me out, ultimately. Um, But if I were to go back and change things, I would just communicate more efficiently with, you know, advocating for my own needs instead of just being like, you know what? I got it. We'll take care of it. Mm. Don't worry. You know, like there's, I mean numerous, numerous times where, you know, she would forget her phone in the taxi or, you know, we there's a long line for the women's restroom and she's embarrassed because she doesn't want to use the men's restroom. I mean, small stuff, Mm -hmm. small stuff, ultimately speaking, small stuff. But, like, that kind of thing happened pretty consistently and so it started to, like, get at her pretty bad um, to the point where it completely debilitated her in in a lot of respects. And so um, I leaned into it and was like, you know, I'm going to hold align with you and expect you to kind of figure your shit out because you're an adult human being also i understand and let me take care of you um it was tough it was tough but it was ultimately good we learned a lot about each other over there a lot man so uh what did you miss most what do I miss most? The what fucking did noodles, th- man. <laughs> what
0: did you miss most from America oh, while okay. you were there?
1: Yeah, 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 I jumped the gun on that one. Um, <laughs> that was a good answer. I anyway. still miss those noodles, man. So <laughs> fucking good. Um, I might be able to
0: find a way to make them.
1: Let's do it. I would love to. I've
0: got a walk. I've got some broad beans here.
1: Oh yeah, I've been
0: been hitting up the Asian markets trying to replicate some things. I've I've got a lot of learning to do though.
1: I've I've also been frequenting the the markets as well, looking for (laughs) the the right thing because I'm I'm it sucks because I was so spoiled Mm -hmm. because I'm like if it's not exactly like how it was, I'm not going to want to eat it. You know that kind of idea. But the thing that I missed the most about America when I was over there is I mean of course family and friends and blah blah blah. But that's that's an easy answer. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I missed over there. It wasn't like Instagram or Facebook or social media because you, I mean, you can have a VPN allegedly and uh, <laughs> and you can check stuff up. But I mean, I, did, I didn't really like doing that a lot because it was like risky, you know. Yeah. Like we've, I mean, when we were over there, we had cops show up to our apartment unannounced, checking our visas and stuff. Like, yeah.
0: Did they ever check your electronics?
1: Um, no, they didn't. That's but surprising, they, but they could. <laughs> they could very easily do that. Um. They chose not to because our visas checked out. If our visas didn't check out, then they would have. But, um, but the thing I miss the most about it, it's actually kind of weird. I miss cartoons. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I missed. I mean, it's not. It's not like I. I, I was watching anime constantly or whatever, mm. and it was, I'm. I'm not really into anime at all, really at all. You know, but like when I was over there, I was like, dude, it would be so dope to just watch fucking uh, johnny bravo <laughs> or you know samurai jack or some like old school cartoon for some reason i don't know why but i was over there i was like dude that would be so nice right now and there's no way you can get it do they not have any sort of mindless television oh of course they do they have their own version of it <laughs> the chinese mtv or what i thought was chinese mtv that was dope <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> i had no idea what was happening and it was great <laughs> Um, We didn't have a TV in our apartment or whatever, but Mm -hmm. that was like during the first two weeks in the hotel, we would flip on the TV just to watch Chinese television, (laughs) and it was fucking cool, man. Um, uh, And, yeah, I I miss cartoons. Wow. Yeah.
0: All right. Wrapping this up, I've just got one final question for you. Cool. Um, What are you most grateful for from that experience? Oh,
1: man. You're a
0: good interviewer, Matt.
1: Um, What am I most grateful for over there? there's a lot even even Um, just
0: in hindsight just like what you took from it like mm. what what you're just you're really glad you had the experience but why
1: you know i'm glad that i went to china for a lot of reasons one of the many many reasons is you know the friendships that i formed over there fraser is my best friend i mean we talk every day and, and and that kind of thing and um definitely like one of those people that you like all right he is part of my foundation now like that kind of stuff and we're um, we're like that for each other and it's fucking great it's awesome i, I love the guy but um so obviously the friendship with fraser and, and his fiancee emily and um but like the experience of doing stand-up out there that was also huge for me because mm-hmm. i mean i think the reason why i leaned in so hard to stand up over there is because the only thing i had mm-hmm it was the one western thing i mean i can go to irish pubs and order a guinness and, you know i can go to mcdonald's and get a big mac you know and like that kind of thing you know you have the western part of china because they love western culture over there you mm-hmm. know with shopping malls and you know all that shit but it's i had a
0: weird uh, community of like 10 people
1: yeah we had this small little enclave of people who all really liked speaking english to each other because it was easy and you know we we leaned into those relationships pretty pretty hard and i mean we would go to each other's apartments and you know there was times where you know you'd be like hey man i'm having a really hard time i'm missing home a lot it's like dude come over let's have some beers you know and Mm -hmm. like you know when when you have a lot of stimulation every single every single day there was no breaks there was no breaks of noise dude my apartment was right across it was kitty corner to a construction site where they're building a new skyscraper <laughs> and they would build all the way until like 2 a.m and they're like pounding the foundation in so it's like this giant pile of like cong comb Kong like dude it's so bad um so I would hardly be sleeping and the cultural shock of just everything being, and the stuff with the relationship, dude, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. So when you have those relationships of, you know, your friends and you have this thing that you do together, you know, going and telling jokes and just working on your material. Um, I loved it, man. I fucking loved it. Um, and ultimately, I think what China did for me and the thing that I'm most grateful for is that it expanded my worldview so much more than I even expected I got to know people from all over the globe from all over the place who are fucking high caliber human beings I also met some low caliber human beings over there too (laughs) do this guy from fucking do bubs fuck you (laughs) bubs guy's a piece of shit Um, dickweed but uh, (laughs) and I'd say that to his face so (laughs) um, but yeah like I mean you, you meet all sorts of people over there but um but yeah like my my friend group and my social circle expanded so so like almost exponentially Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i mean i have connections in yeah like i said south africa australia germany uh hong kong japan china mongolia india fucking brazil like i have friends all over the place now and that's fucking cool you know, Apparently. like that's really cool to be like, Oh yeah, my buddy my Brazilian friend or mm-hmm. like my Ukrainian friend. Like he's a stand up comic who is doing stand up I mean not right now, but mm-hmm. um well actually they're trying to put a show together, which I think is fucking dope as shit. In the middle of the world. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking <laughs> Fuck you, Putin. Um we're gonna tell jokes regardless of what you're doing. Um Yeah, dude, it's fucking rad. I mean he's such a fucking badass and he's my fucking hero. But um but yeah, like you i i i leaned into the, all that stuff and and those relationships and and that sense of community and everything i i really value so awesome what do we have um,
0: we're at an hour and 50 holy
1: dog shit <laughs> I mean, we could go a lot longer too
0: <laughs> we could i i mean i there's so much much more stuff i could ask you but uh, i can't mm-hmm. think of it right off the top of my head That's yeah, totally fine um do you, do you want to do any social media plugs or anything?
1: Sure, yeah. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook and all that shit. On Instagram, I'm Chris underscore Jessup1. And I got a podcast about growing up in Montana, and that's a completely, totally different episode of <laughs> this podcast. <laughs> uh, um, but, yeah, got got shows happening all the time and, and all that stuff. I mean, I don't know when you're releasing this, but... Uh, It'll probably be in the next few days. Okay, well, I mean, I'm going to be in... OMAC on the 23rd oh Uh, they have a place in OMAC well we're (laughs) we're going but uh, I have to go right now All right. Yeah. Um, well hey
0: thank you Chris for being here appreciate it and uh, yeah Chris Jessup everyone
1: thanks